What's up, everyone? So I have finally made the decision to start a podcast. Been talking about it for a while. I am uh, sitting here in my office in my house, and uh, I've always thought that, you know, everyone else has started a podcast. Why shouldn't I? The reason why I call it It's Just a Podcast, if you're coming here and hearing this for the first time, not too familiar with me and my story, I... uh, I'm a one-armed guy, Uh, lost my arm when I was 13 years old in a boating accident, and the it's just is a phrase, a term that I used through the words of my mother in the trying times of my accident to put things into perspective. The phrase for me at the time was, it's just an arm. That was a powerful way for me in the sake, in the middle of my accident to recognize that, uh, Hey, at least I'm alive right now. So, here we are. It's just a podcast, right? doesn't have to be too complicated. Don't need to overthink it. I'll be here. I'll try to be here once a week, but let's be honest. uh, Everybody says they'll be doing it once a week, and that's a hard commitment to keep up with. I'll do my best. Oftentimes, uh, won't be doing it this way, where it's just me talking to you. I'll have a guest on. Uh, primarily, we'll be featuring a, lot, featuring a lot of adaptive athletes, adaptive athletes in the CrossFit space, Paralympians, other really awesome individuals who I've gotten to meet uh, throughout my journey in this fitness space, and uh, just interesting folks that I want to talk to. Bring them on, and we'll just have a conversation. Not an interview, but just a conversation. Uh, and I think that's a fun, low-key way to have some sort of long-form conversations through uh, this form of a podcast. It's just a podcast. So uh, a little context why it's just a podcast. And uh, forgive me if you all know my story, know my background, want to give the listeners a little bit of context of uh, who I am, what happened at 13, uh, and why it's just an arm means so much to me and what it can mean to you. So a little bit about myself. Uh, I am currently 30 years old, live in Raleigh, North Carolina, actually where I was born and raised here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, Was very active as a young kid, played a lot of sports, soccer, football, loved lacrosse at a young age, uh, and loved extreme sports. Was into skateboarding, shredding the gnar, surfing on the weekends, wakeboarding, Uh, My family had a lake house up at Lake Gaston, which is right on the North Carolina-Virginia border. We used to go up there all the time uh, wakeboarding. And so one weekend, I was up there wakeboarding with some friends, and we were training, like training pretty intensely and intently to uh, get better at certain tricks, get better at wakeboarding. Uh, I loved competing, and that's a sport that I wanted to excel at and and continue to compete uh, with the hopes of one day becoming professional. Well, uh, a typical training day on a Saturday in the summer of 2004 uh, resulted in me cleaning up the boat as I normally do, putting away the life jackets, pulling in the rope. The rope on a wakeboard boat, if you're familiar, attaches to a tower above sort of the center of the boat. And a wakeboard rope itself has no elasticity. It's very, very tight. Uh, This specific rope was actually coated in plastic and really acted and looked like a cable. Well, we dropped my friend off at his dock, and I just lived maybe about five docks down, and we pushed off, just cruising along, boat just in gear, you know, barely moving. And I'm winding up the rope, and I'm using that over-the-thumb, under-the-elbow technique that you might use with, 
an extension cord or garden hose or something or rope when you're winding it up to make a nice neat circle. And I had a couple loops like that around my left arm. Had my left arm in this 90 degree angle with my thumb out. So I was looping over my thumb, under my elbow, over the thumb, under the elbow. And then I looked back and noticed that the rope had drifted a little bit underneath the back platform of the boat because we'd pushed off the dock, being a little bit careless. And that happens sometimes. The propeller isn't but up and underneath the boat. So really didn't think that it was that close to the propeller. But how I was holding it, and I looked at it, I then turned and looked at my dad and said, Dad, ugh, rope's underneath the boat. And right when I did, that rope actually was quite further underneath the boat than I had thought, and it caught the propeller. And when it caught the propeller, even though we were just in gear, just putting along, that propeller is moving fast enough, those RPMs are high enough that it coiled that rope quickly around the propeller, pulling the end that I was holding tight. Now with the very end of it connected to the wakeboard tower, my arm with two loops around it over the thumb under the elbow, and then the excess rope going back underneath the platform where it was just caught in the propeller, caused that rope to get pulled very tight, and as you can imagine, sort of slip off of my thumb and create a really tight tourniquet around my upper arm, above the elbow, and around my bicep, tricep. So this loop that was really big around my thumb and under my elbow slipped off the thumb, cinched down around above my arm, uh, and immediately cut through all of the flesh, the muscles, tendons, artery, down to the bone. Just split second. Cut it down to the bone, like, like, like a fishing line through butter. But it didn't rip my arm off. I'm still standing there on the back of the boat, feel this little jerk, see this rope kind of get tight around my arm, and then it looks like it disappears into my arm. And then it looks like the rope is going in on the inside of my arm and just coming out on the outside of my arm. It was a weird moment, and I remember this image vividly. That's when my dad immediately stepped over, began to unwind the rope from around my arm, and that is when the blood started like crazy. It was a 23-foot white wakeboard boat that turned red in a few seconds. As soon as he unwound that rope, I mean, it was legit a 360-degree discus of blood, covered the whole boat, went everywhere. Immediately, he ripped off his shirt, wrapped his shirt around my arm, pulled it tight to create a tourniquet, stopped the bleeding. Had he not done so, would have bled out very quickly. And then we put over to the dock. We're asking, where's the local hospital? What do we do? What, what, who do we call? Call 911, call an ambulance. But this lake, this local hospital was in the middle of nowhere, Saturday in the middle of summer. Not an ideal day for a quick response. So it took that ambulance about an hour to, to get to us. Hindsight, probably should have gotten in the car and just driven to the hospital. But we were there and waited. We got into the ambulance. We began to ride to the first hospital, local hospital. I can't feel my arm. I just feel it laying on me. It's going, it's going black and blue and turning pale. Uh, I know there's no circulation to it, and I have no sensation there. And I remember laying there in the hospital bed, or in the ambulance, and I turned to my mom. And I said, Mom, what happens if I lose my arm? And without skipping a beat, you know, she's a mother in a panicked mode, just trying to keep herself composed, uh, she quickly looks at me and says, Logan, it's just an arm. Uh, I think that was her way of managing the moment. And it was a statement that was so incredibly profound for me to hear in that moment. It was absolutely the right thing for me to hear. 
my mind immediately went to, instead of what if I lose my arm, to this part of my brain of appreciation, gratitude, the fact that it is just an arm. Thank goodness I have another one. Got a backup one. But more importantly, you have the opportunity to keep living. This was a simple perspective shift. My first exposure to seeing the power of perspective, the power of it's just dot, dot, dot. So for me, those words carried over into my recovery. Long story short, obviously, ended up having to amputate my left arm above the elbow. I was left-handed. A lot of expectations were placed on me and what I could or could not do after the accident. As a 13-year-old boy, uh, I was in, under the impression that you can adapt and learn how to do anything. But a lot of expectations, low expectations, were being placed on me. And this was where this mentality of it's just an arm continued to creep up. I continued to be reminded of that message in my, in my mind. And that's the statement that I use uh, in all scenarios of challenges, of obstacles, of unforeseen crisis. When that occurs, when things get hard, for me, I remind myself of it's just an arm. So that is why we are here calling this podcast, It's Just a Podcast. Because in life, I think there's always going to be this overthinking of something we want to do, something we want to get started. I wanted to get started on a podcast, like probably many of you have listening. And uh, you know what? It's just a podcast. So what do you do? You just get started. So here we are. First episode recording. I've got my gear. I hope the audio is sounding good. Again, this is my first attempt at trying to do this. But uh, I I really wanted to, and I'm excited uh, to be able to chat and share some long-form discussions with some really cool people. Uh, A little bit of what's going on in my world. So I am sitting here again in my office. Uh, I'm actually recording this episode on a video camera as well. We'll put it up on YouTube so that all those uh, followers, thank you guys so much. The subscribers on there can check out this audio in the future. I'll just do audio. Probably won't be filming um, much of them unless it's like a Zoom meeting. But anyways, Um, Man, it's been an awesome uh, weekend. Today is Memorial Day. So for those in the fitness world, especially the CrossFit space, you all know uh, Memorial Day is the uh, traditional date that the uh, infamous hero workout Murph um, gets done all over the world at CrossFit affiliates and individuals all over the world participate. Murph is a a hero tribute workout that was uh, brought about to honor uh, Navy SEAL Lieutenant Michael Murphy, who paid the ultimate sacrifice serving uh, to have our freedoms in the United States here uh, in the Afghanistan-Iraq War. So he was killed uh, at the age of 29, um, and he was a part of that group uh, with Marcus Luttrell, and uh, the film Lone Survivor. So man, if you really want it to hit home who Lieutenant Michael Murphy is and what he did, watch that movie. I mean, you're speechless afterwards, but that is uh, Lieutenant Michael Murphy in there, paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. So we honor him. The workout is uh, pretty pretty well known. It consists of one mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, and another mile run. 
all while wearing a 20-pound vest for men, 14-pound vest for females. I did that workout actually this past Saturday. I didn't do it today. I did it on Saturday because every Saturday, the adaptive group that I'm a part of, Wheelwad, uh, they get together and offer a free Saturday Zoom workout, which anyone can join. You do not have to be an adaptive individual. All folks are welcome. That's the beauty of it. We can adapt the workout. You can be able-bodied. You can be you know, a competitive athlete or it's your first time doing fitness, and we've got options for you. So anyways, we all get together. Folks around the world get together on Saturdays, do that workout, and uh, so this Saturday we did Murph. Uh, I went up to Noose River here in Raleigh, the local CrossFit gym I go to, and a bunch of adaptive folks were there. actually just uploaded that video on YouTube if you want to check it out. Edit it down to about a five-minute video, but man, uh, brutal workout. Always great to come together with folks and do that. It's not about your performance. Um, we adapt, we customize the workout as needed, but no matter what, regardless of your fitness ability, it's meant to be a place where you endure some pain uh, and you push through because it's our way in the expression of fitness to honor those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice, those who have served, and those who continue to serve um, for our freedoms. So it's the least we can do. It's the least we could do at least one day out of the year. We should do it more often, but this day, any hero workout, there's tons out there. The iconic one is Murph, and that's the one we did. And, man, I'm sore. I'm still feeling it. I'm definitely recovering from it, um, but it's always a blast. It's always fun to do with everyone. So did that Saturday. Uh, now I'm recovering and back into full competitive training. We've got the Wheel Wad uh, competitive season is underway and this weekend are the stage one online qualifiers for all the adaptive athletes out there curious about adaptive crossfit or to compete or participate wheelwad's the place to go to get started uh, they offer online programming so that you can get on a track and know that you're working towards that competitive program style that you'll see in these events um, this is online but really excited about this stage one online qualifier for this year because we've got folks coming from all over the country, uh, adaptive athletes that we're close with that want to come together and use Noose River as sort of our uh, virtual competition grounds. So we're so happy that COVID is, you know, getting th out of being so restricted in the world, or at least within the United States. And uh, so we're thankful that folks are able to travel and we've got Kim, a blind athlete, badass chick who kills it. She's out in California. She's coming with her whole family. We've got Steven Walker. He's down in Georgia, and he's coming up. He's staying with me, actually, so he'll be here. We'll probably do a podcast episode with him, learn about Steven Walker and his journey. He's in the upper extremity division. Um, Jed, Jedediah Snelson's coming from Boise, Idaho. So uh, we've, got some, we've got some awesome athletes from some different divisions coming to participate in the uh, Stage 1 Qualifier. So that's coming up this weekend, June 5th and 6th, 4th, 5th, and 6th. And then uh, two weeks from then, we have the Bacon Beatdown. So I'll be going down to Florida to compete in Daytona Beach, Florida, at the Bacon Beatdown. It's a big event. There's, like, I think almost 2,000 athletes competing in this event. Uh, and there's an adapted division, and it's really cool to see the event organizers and the founders from the Bacon Beatdown reached out to Wheelwad, who helps, obviously, uh, facilitate and put on adaptive CrossFit competitions. Um, and they consult consulted with Chris Stoutenberg, founder of Wheelwad, 
to implement the uh, adaptive division. So it's really cool. We've got upper, lower seated divisions. And uh, I was so excited to see that. I want to go and support. So I'm registered. I'm going to go down there, compete. And also, it's a good time to dust off the cobwebs, right? Like, goodness gracious, it's been well over a year since we've been on a competition floor for any uh, competitive, adaptive CrossFit athletes. So um, eager, eager to get out there to compete. Uh, excited to do that. Feeling, feeling good, too. I've got, uh, if anybody knows me, you know that I don't eat very well. And for the first time, I am eating more than ever. Oh, my gosh. It is great, but feels like more of a job than the training. Um, but, man, I'm excited to uh, have this new level of energy in the workouts and go get in a competitive environment and see how it feels. So looking forward to that. And, uh, and then after that, it's just full-on training. It's full-on training for the CrossFit Games, right? We've got a exciting opportunity. I say we, the, the adaptive athletes within the CrossFit space, have an exciting opportunity this year. Um, three of the eight divisions that were able to participate in the CrossFit Open this year, back in March, are moving on to the CrossFit Games. From what I understand, that is purely out of a participation number um, sort of variable uh, that they had put in place. So they needed to see... 100 registrants in each division. Um, the three divisions, they saw that in order to justify moving the top five on to a final in person at the CrossFit Games. Um, and they had that uh, excess of 100 in the upper, lower, and neuromuscular divisions. So those three divisions, male and female, the top five of each will be going on to the CrossFit Games in Madison, Wisconsin for our live uh, final. And so that's so exciting. Uh, I'm very excited about that, along with the Wheelwad Games, which will happen later in the year in November here in Raleigh. Um, but, man, there's a really cool uh, competitive season unfolding for myself and for adaptive athletes and the other respective divisions within the sport of adaptive CrossFit. So, uh, man, it's so exciting to see all this come into fruition. Uh, it's the first year, right? So there's a lot to work through. There's a lot to figure out. Um, but really excited in the direction this is headed for the competitive seasons um, for adaptive athletes. This is, this is awesome. And more so, you know, I think what's really cool is the conversations, some of the interest I'm seeing from some incredible adaptive athletes that are not CrossFit athletes, do not participate in CrossFit. I think there's such a cool opportunity for folks from sports-specific backgrounds and training who have been excelling at the highest level and represented our country uh, at the international level from world championships to Paralympic medals and everything in between. I think there is uh, such a cool movement happening where we're recognizing the power of functional fitness, uh, whether you call it CrossFit or not, you know, whatever. But there is such benefit now to this and, and proven benefit to this version of high intensity training and uh, functional movements and you know different domains. I think that's that's the secret, and I think that's why I'm so into it. Right? I think I'm a bit ADD when it comes to uh, fitness regimen and wanting to do one thing, like participate in cycling and ride a bike every day. It's awesome, but man, I got to mix it up. And I think that's why I love CrossFit. Every day is a little little bit different, and you're constantly identifying areas you're weak, areas you can improve, um, and tweaking those. 
right? Using our bodies as these machines to monitor, check in, recalibrate, and, and re-engage with. So uh, I love it, and I think it's a bigger message. I think the sport helps share the bigger message of the why we do this for longevity and health so that if friends want to go surfing, I can go surfing. They want to go rock climbing, I can go rock climbing. You know, you do these things so you can participate in activities and be a part of your community uh, physically um, and mentally and, and be involved. So it's just a little soapbox, a little rant from me on, on why I love this CrossFit stuff, but also why I'm so excited that these adaptive divisions are occurring. Because, you know, from my experience, there are so many people living with disabilities in the world, uh, and even more specifically in the United States. One in four have a permanent disability, but we don't see that out in the world we live in. Um, and it's because the barriers of entry. Barriers of entry and also the resources and resourcefulness of folks um, with these disabilities and what, the com what their support uh, medically, uh, therapeutically, has uh, provided them and the expectations that have been placed on a lot of folks. And it's at no fault to the medical communities. It's not at all. I'm just saying that there is no awareness or um, opportunity to recognize that you are far more capable than you're being told and that your condition or your quote-unquote limitation or impairment does not define you and it does not mean that is what you are capable of or that determines what you are capable of. So I, I'm just excited because I've watched it happen for so many years, the, the indirect effects, almost like the, the butterfly effects of, you know, one adaptive CrossFit athlete making a post on Instagram that encourages and inspires uh, someone from another country who has never had access to a gym to recognize that they can lose that weight or they can be fit and be capable and more functional uh, than they're told. Uh, and then they pursue it because all we need to know is that it's possible and that we're not alone. And I think this movement of adaptive fitness uh, in the sport of CrossFit is going to do just that. I think it's going to bridge the gap between a lot of excuses, a lot of perspectives that this is too hard, I'm not an athlete, I'm not fit enough. No, you just get started. It's just fitness, right? It's just an arm. It's just a podcast. It's just fitness. But we have to do it if we want to be able to live as long as possible and get the most out of our body that we can and maximize this one shot we got at this thing called life. Pretty awesome. Pretty great. That's where I'm going to leave it today, guys. Episode one, intro to It's Just a Podcast with your host, Logan Aldridge. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace.